welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Once again, our show is on the air through the generosity and support of Ron Rubin Winery. Ron Rubin specializes in Russian River Valley Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, wines that to me truly capture the essence of the region. Check out their website at ronrubinwinery.com. Welcome to episode 181. Today our guest is Keith Hammond, and he is the winemaker at Emeritus Vineyards, and he's brought us something very special. Welcome, Keith. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you're here. And um, let's start right off the top, wine of the day. Tell us about this wine. So yeah, I decided to bring this wine because it's a little bit of an unusual one. You don't see too many examples of these. This is actually a white wine made from Pinot Noir. Yeah, you're right. You don't see this you don't too see often. This. Yeah, we're, we're far from the first to produce this style of wine, but there's still only a handful of examples out there. And I think it's just, it automatically gets the conversation starting. Everybody wants to know about it. And it's a lot of fun to make and a lot of fun to drink. Like if I was blind tasting this, what would I think this is? It's not, it doesn't have the, the Pinot aromatics. It's just blowing my mind, really. It's oh, good. beautiful. Good, good. We love that. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting thing because it does still have some Pinot Noir characteristics, but obviously being a white wine, there's the tannin that you don't have and some of the other things. So when we try to make this wine, we don't want to try to make it be anything else. We don't want it to taste like a Chardonnay. We don't want it to taste like Sauvignon Blanc or anything like that. And we want it to sort of occupy its own its own space and, and be what it is. There's a Pinotness to this, definitely. But the, it's just on the aromatics, I don't get Pinot, but I definitely get it in the flavor profile. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a really interesting study in what components uh, in terms of flavor and aromatics and body and structure come from the skins and what come from the interior of the grape. This is this is really I love this. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you, it's hard to get Marcy to that point. <laughs> We've done it. <laughs> yeah, our work here is done. We're <laughs> peace out. We're done for the day. Well, this is something because I it's endlessly interesting. I just makes me want to just keep going deeper and deeper. There's a lot of depth to this wine. There is, yeah. And that's something because so few people have experience with a wine like this because there are so few examples, it can be a little bit difficult for people to know how to approach it and how to put their finger on it. And what we're trying to convey here really is that although it's something unusual, it's not a novelty. It's still a very serious wine. We want it to be looked at in, in those echelons of, of serious white wines. Oh, this is serious to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. But so tell me about how it goes about. So for people who are, you know, not versed in winemaking styles, it's a Pinot Noir is a red grape. And tell us about how this is made. Of course. So as I'm sure many of your listeners know, all of the color or most of the color from uh, red wine comes from the skin itself. The interior flesh is mostly clear, acid and water, and a few salts and sugars. So the way we produce this wine is our winery is right there in the center of our vineyard, the Hallberg Ranch, and we pick everything at night into very shallow bins, uh, all done by hand. And so as those bins are coming in on the tractor, they do a little bit of jostling, mm -hmm. um, and they come in on the crush pad, and what happens is the there's always a slight variation in ripeness on a grape cluster, right? right. Not, not every berry is exactly the same right. physiologically. And so... Those that have the lowest sugar and the highest acid tend to have the most turgor in the skin. The skins are the tightest, mm -hmm. so they're the least malleable, so they very easily pop. And so just the pressure of even a few clusters right. on top of another one 
will get those berries to pop. And so when we weigh the fruit and then dump it into our, our sorting system where we hand sort everything, mm -hmm. there's invariably a small amount of juice that comes out of that bin as we dump it. Mm -hmm. And so we have a screen to divert that off of our sorting table so it doesn't automatically get included into the fermenter with the rest of the grapes. And there we have an opportunity to separate it and treat it differently. And so it honestly took us kind of a few years to figure out how we really wanted to do it. That's always a challenge when there's no precedent for right. style of wine and no real consensus. I mean, that's got to be just such a small production. Otherwise, yeah, beyond that, it would be a rosé. I mean, there's just no it way is. you're going to keep it this color. And yeah. It is, yeah. And and for us, of course, we, I think like many, many people, we want our white wine to have slightly different chemistry, um, both in the juice and in the finished wine than we do for our, our red wines. Um, you know, typically white wines are a little bit, little bit lower in alcohol, a little bit higher in acid. Right. So not all of the juice that we get through that process is appropriate for this blend. Mm -hmm. So usually it's only the earlier portion of the harvest okay. when yeah. we get the juice with the right chemistry. Mm -hmm. This fascinates me because if I close my eyes and I don't look at the color, it almost has like a Sauvignon Blanc quality that's to what, it. To me, that's where I was going to me. It was but like a Sauvignon Blanc or a also has a, like a undercurrent, like a, there's a great backbone to it. So it's like a like a heartier Sauvignon Blanc, but without that higher high acid. This this just fascinates me, and it's it's really delicious. Excellent. I'm I'm so glad you think so. And one of the things that I love about this wine is when you pour it, is I actually like to pour it just a touch too cold, mm -hmm. and then taste it as it gets all the way gradually up to yeah, room temperature. Yeah, with room temperature. Yeah. Yeah, and mm, and that'd be amazing. at least what I find is as it gets to room temperature you tend to get a little bit more body mm -hmm. and a little bit more waxiness, and it starts to feel almost a little bit more like a Rhone white. It's kind oh, of yeah. interesting. Uh -huh. It's this sort of a chameleon of a yeah. wine. Yeah. yeah, I. this is my kind of wine. because oh, it's, it's totally, it's absolutely your kind of wine. Infinitely interesting. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 a, it's a change master. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's very much the trickster, so to speak. It keeps evolving, evolving. Even now, since we've poured it, I'm tasting different things. Yeah, you get all sorts of notes, and I, I, I always try to abstain from telling people what they will right. smell yeah. or taste, but I get everything from fresh hay to stone fruits to all you know whole array of tree fruits and different waxy textures and aromas. It's really, really... I am just flummoxed by this. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you have an interesting story of how it is that you ended up as the winemaker at Emeritus. So how did you start there? So I originally began my, my very first foray into the wine business. I was hired by a winery, um, very, very green, very inexperienced, um, had no idea what I was doing, but was very, very intrigued by the wine business because it's like no other business, as, as anyone will attest. <laughs> and so eventually, uh, being someone who loves to work with my hands and, and get dirty and all those fun, uh, interactive, physical things about winemaking, I wanted to uh, do a harvest internship. And so uh, back in 2007, there was this place that I'd never really heard of called Emeritus Vineyards that was hiring a harvest intern. So I applied and then I was hired by my very first mentor, Don Blackburn. Oh, wow, nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's, yeah that's nice. there was this long uh, evolution. I worked- The uh, legendary Don the, Blackburn. The legendary Don, yeah. We must preface that with the legendary. <laughs> if you've met him, you remember him. Yes. Yeah. So- I worked uh, under him for a couple of years until unfortunately he passed. Then I worked under his uh, his successor and then later his successor. So uh, my most uh, recent uh, predecessor, David Latin, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had been working with him since 2017. Uh, he recently decided that it was time for the next evolution of his life. And so he's enjoying a, a much deserved retirement or sort of semi-retirement. Um, and then now I've stepped into that role. So it's really kind of a sort of a started out from the mailroom type story but and worked my way up. I mean, and that's, that's a fairy tale. That's the best. That's the best. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. I, th- I think it's been a, a ton of fun and a huge evolution for me personally and professionally. And what... What a like, you know, a feather in the cap. This is like an iconic vineyard. Yeah. Many people buy the Hallberg fruit. I mean, you'll see this in some of the best brands. Hallberg fruit and Emeritus, you know, the many vineyards, it is, it's iconic. And it is Russian River Valley in its most specific. Yeah, I, I think that's, we really aim to produce a style of wines that's really pure, really authentic, really has a sense of local authenticity where it's, you taste it and you know where it's coming from. I think that's always the goal. When the vineyard itself, I have to say, when um, Keith showed up here this morning, Marcy just immediately whipped out her phone <laughs> and let him know how many photos she has of that vineyard, because to her, that's just like... Her happy spot. It truly is my happy place. Like last week, I had like a a day. And (laughs) I just looked at my husband. I said, take me to the vineyard. And he knows what that means. We get in the car. Take me to the vineyard. (laughs) And we just go and we park on the side. And I just, I breathe and I look. And it's no matter the season, no matter the weather, that is the most beautiful vista. I actually literally have a business card with that picture from my iPhone of that vineyard. It's, there's something about it. It's magical. And it's very, you know, you I drive by it all the time, but there's something special about the confluence of the fog and the layout. It looks like it goes on forever. Forever, yeah, it does. Because there's nothing behind it. It just keeps going and going and going. And you just feel... There's a release when I'm I sit there. Gives you so some perspective. It's a place where um, I go yeah. when I'm not and when I feel like I really need to be grounded. That's where I go. Absolutely, I I know what you mean, and I feel very lucky because you don't always get to make wine in the exact place where the oh, grapes right. are grown, and right. so being right there at the center of Hallberg Ranch where I am every day, it's just really lovely because I get to experience the same thing you were describing. Where if if I need to just take five minutes and uh-huh. catch my breath, I can just walk out and. It be amongst the vines. The Zen moment. And it's a very unassuming, like even the tasting room in the vineyard, it's very unassuming. It's very low profile mm-hmm. from the road. But um, it is, there's something really dynamic there. And it's, it's just down the street from where the butterfly garden is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of, you know, a little bit between Grayton and Sebastopol and... I have more pictures in my phone of that vineyard <laughs> than, like, than like, my, okay, than my dog or my husband or anything else that's important in my life. Mm-hmm. It's all that vineyard. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's one of the most iconic vineyard vistas in all of Sonoma County. Yeah, I think I think it's it's often uh, easily overlooked because we are on kind of a main thoroughfare there. And right. so a lot of people yeah, are just, just you know, head down driving yeah. past. They and, have no idea. If, but yep. even driving by, there's something special. And I think the wines that come from the vineyard reflect that. And I, how lucky for you to be able to work there. Yeah, I, f- I feel incredibly blessed. It's it's an amazing place. And... It was a great journey to yeah. get to be the winemaker. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's been a lot of fun. So what wines do you make besides this amazing wine and, and Pinot? What else is on the Emeritus so lineup. Yeah, so we're a little bit of an anomaly, um, at least here in the New World, in that 
we're all estate grown, so we don't purchase any grapes whatsoever. That is an anomaly at this point. Yeah, that's awesome. And furthermore, we are dedicated entirely to just one grape, which is Pinot Noir. So we don't grow anything else. That's all we make. It's what we put our heart and souls into and all of our focus. So we produce as many styles as we can, um, or rather types of wines, I should say. Um, so we just recently come out with our first ever sparkling wine, which is really exciting. Well, there you go. We must get that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Beth, Beth and I just lit up. I'm on, <laughs> I can get you some for sure. Um, we make, of course, the Blanc, which we're tasting now, the Hallberg Blanc. And then we do a rosé. And then we do a slew of different still red wines, um, all Pinot Noir. All Pinot. So wow. we're kind of getting everything that we can out of it, at least in in terms of the sort of traditional wines that get made But from look Pinot at that. Noir. I mean, that's a full lineup of tasting, and it is all Pinot Noir. That's really incredible. How many vineyards are in the emeritus portfolio? I mean, there's the Hallberg. What else is there? So we really only have two. So there's the Hallberg Ranch, which most people know us for because that's where the, the winery is located and it's the larger of the two vineyards. We also have another one called Pinot Hill. Pinot Hill. Which is not uh, too far from here, down sort of in what we call the Sebastopol Hills right. okay. um, as you approach the Petaluma Wind Gap. And that one's about 30 acres. So it's quite a bit smaller, quite a bit different uh, from the Hallberg Ranch. The Hallberg Ranch is about 110 acres planted. Wow. Okay. And, but we sell a, a good amount of that fruit. Yeah. We sell right. anywhere between yeah, 40 and 50% of that. Right. Some of the top brands, if you look at their label, it's Hallberg Ranch, Hallberg Ranch. Mm -hmm. I mean, Gary Farrell, Hallberg Ranch, all, yeah. all the places. Linmar, Martin yeah. Ray, yeah. Um, Etude. Um, they don't all uh, do a specific vineyard designate. Designated. We're working more towards that. And right. I think it's one of those really fun things that uh, I've been watching evolve is the more people that do that and the more they get recognition the for the wines they people make, recognize it, sure. the, more, yeah. the more want to do that. Yeah. And, so. and exactly. that's something to look for on a label. That's why labeling is so exciting because you can really say, oh, Sonoma, Hallberg Vineyard, mm -hmm. Russian River Valley. Yeah. You start to know and zone in on something you're really going to love. Right. Yeah, we hope that Anybody who see, regardless of the producer, if they see that yeah. name, right, they right. realize there's going to be a certain level of quality yeah, that they're and, going to get. And there is a consistency of that fruit. Yeah. So um, do people need a reservation to come and go tasting or can they just walk in or how's it working right now? Well, like most places since since the pandemic craziness, um, we encourage reservations. That helps us helps. Mm -hmm. really be prepared because we, we're we a small team. We have a pretty small staff. Mm -hmm. So the, the more that we're prepared and we know who's coming and what kind of experience they want to have, the more we can really be prepared to mm -hmm. give them the best that we have to offer. Mm -hmm. So we, we do accept walk-ins if we have the staff and availability to do it. But right. The more you let us know that you're coming and what type of experience you want to have, the better prepared we can be. Yeah, that's the way to go. Like, let people know so you get the best experience. Mm -hmm. And you have a tasting room. So on the back of the – when you go by the winery, it's in the back that you're overlooking yeah, so you the whole can sit vineyard. outside and look at that. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's really lovely. It's we have kind of sort of an indoor-outdoor setup mm -hmm. where we have a really nice wraparound patio where yeah. you just have these lovely views of kind of our undulating vineyard, and you can just relax out there as long as you like, and it's really, really a great experience. I need to come in there instead of sitting in my car all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> knock on the door, <laughs> yeah. would you? I, I literally... Yeah, yeah. She's like a stalker. <laughs> so you now have you no can tell idea the staff lurking. how <laughs> often I'm there yeah, if there's out like a on the other side. station wagon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep an eye it's out. It's a Volkswagen, not a or Volvo. If she, or if she has, oh yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, get get the stalker. Call the sheriff. 
Yeah, I could say I'm a vineyard stalker, but but um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about an experience as I come in. I think you do charcuterie, you do different things with the pairings and the tastings. Yeah, so we can offer that, and that's another reason to give us a little bit of a advance call. notice <laughs> yeah. and, and make a reservation. <laughs> but we do different tastings. So we have kind of our, our standard flight, which is our current offerings of, of wines. And then we do a number of different experiences as well, where one of them, we call it the flight of the clones, which is where we highlight some of the wines that we make from individual clones of Pinot Noir. And that I think is a really eye-opening experience yeah, for people who, who are really sure. yeah. looking to dig deeper into yes, the world right. of Pinot Noir. Because yeah. when you talk about so many other varieties, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon, for example, it's like, who knows what clones in it and who cares, right? You, we never really talk about these things. Right. Maybe some growers might or yeah. some, some really astute <laughs> yeah, winemakers. But yeah, Pinot right. is so specific. It is, right. yeah. There's so many clones, right. And so I, the reasons for that, we believe, is because, one, Pinot Noir is a particularly ancient variety mm-hmm. and that it's not quite as genetically stable as some of the others. And so we get all these subtle variations. And so we focus on that quite a bit, as you might expect, being Pinot Noir growers only. So we have 13 different clones just on Hallberg Ranch alone. That's a lot. And so some of our wines will be a blend of a few different clones. Some will be many different clones. And then some will be just a single expression from a single block. And so that's one of the tasting experiences that we offer, which is, I think, really insightful. We really try hard to be not only a fun place to come and spend time with your friends or loved ones, but also really get a fun education yeah, and get, get, yeah, 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 learn deep something. Dive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, al- we also have, uh, you know, we've done in the past some tastings that are exclusively um, wines that we make from our Pinot Hill Vineyard, which have oh, yeah. a, kind of a whole other subset of, of flavors and aromas and, and textures. So, Do you have a map, if I came to the tasting room, that shows where all the different clones, the planting of the vineyards? We do, yeah. We, we have a, lo- a lovely map that kind of gives you some orientation so you can sort of put a face to the name. And we can show you the individual blocks where particular wines have come from. And then we also have um, some images that we've taken from all of the different clones that we have at harvest time, which shows you the different cluster morphology, the ways that the clusters form, the size of the berries. And that gives you a little bit of an indication as to the type of wines that those will yield. It's like a master class in Pinot. It is. We try to yeah. be informative as we have fun. So when I do my little happy place and I park along the side <laughs> there, what are the clones that are right there that I'm seeing? So the very clones, uh, I'm not sure exactly where you, right as you, right as you pull <laughs> know, in the driveway? It's, it's, do you come in the driveway or no. do you get more sneaky? Oh, no, no. I go just uh, past. She's behind a tree. <laughs> as if I'm going to the butterfly. Um, but the, the Hallberg Butterfly Gardens is yes, right there. Yeah. So it's just past the vineyard that first left. Ah, okay. So that very first left. Yeah. So that is uh, actually a very particular clone called Clone 37. That's Clone um, 37. Some people know it as Mount Eden. Some yes. people know it as the Mary Edwards clone. Um, so that's actually one of the clones. We have a very small parcel of that right there in that sort of triangular shaped oh, block uh, along that line of trees. And that's actually one of the wines that we produce a uh, single clones uh bottling of. Because Mary Edwards is right there. Across the street. Yep. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's why and now I know what I'm looking at. <laughs> Very compelled to want to string a hammock between those two trees and just lay out there. And <laughs> if you talk to the right like people, they, we might let then you. They I, I, I feel like I'm, I will be, you know, escorted off the property. <laughs> I know the number of the guy we'll need to talk to <laughs> okay. if you want to do that. We Good could get that. you an afternoon. If you ever yeah. see that, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for our fast five. Who do we have on the line now? It's Liana from the Wine Road. Liana, <laughs> yay! Yeah, I recognize that voice. Yeah. Welcome, Liana. So, t- what's your fast five? 
Well, they're my mom's peanut butter nuggets. I wasn't allowed to have uh, candy as a kid. So my mom made special desserts for me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> nice. So it's really, really simple. Uh, two cups of peanut butter, a quarter cup of honey, um, one cup of quick oats, or if you prefer steel cut, that's a little crunchy, but, mm -hmm. you know, raw. And you just mix all three of those together in a bowl, and then you roll them in coconut. And you are welcome to freeze it. Oh, oh and the fifth ingredient is love. Oh. <laughs> oh my god and where do you get that love a, a bulk at Costco uh, yeah, yeah. I, buy, I buy my love can't and buy love you can totally put them in the fridge and they are more delicious sounds when they really are cold. good so and it's not too sticky no I guess for the put in the I fridge mean, would make the difference what's the right ratio of honey to peanut butter I mean I do about two cups of peanut butter quarter cup-ish I don't know it's really just kind of eyeballing I do like maybe a quarter cup of honey maybe a, a cup of quick oats or something uh -huh. but I don't know. And then the coconut is just however much you can pack on the little so ball. So that was your reward for not getting candy as a kid. Yeah. Was your mom a carob mom? Uh, no. She actually thinks carob's disgusting. Oh, thank God. Because <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll put the recipe in yes. our yep. notes. <laughs> That's wrapping me up. Did you <laughs> yes. notice that? Yes. But all right, Liana, thank you so much. We will put the recipe in the show notes. And I know you'll know because Liana does our show notes yep. now. Exactly. So <laughs> That's great. All That's right, awesome. thanks. Thanks right, for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So I do have to say this has nothing to do with what's happening today, but, you know, during <laughs> COVID when everything was falling apart, we put on a huge event for the Wine Road. And the Wine Road, um, every winery in Sonoma County is not a member of the Wine Road. I mean, people choose to become a member or not. And at the time... Emeritus was not a member, but we had a big event happening and a winery had to back out like the day before the event because of staffing issues with COVID. And so after I regrouped at my desk, <laughs> had to solve that problem, I started reaching- Regroup meaning screaming. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of bad things are said. And I uh, had to reach out to other wineries to see who in the area could quickly help me, you know, tomorrow. And I reached out to three wineries, none of which were members. And all three of them, Emeritus being one of them, said, no problem, Beth. We are here for you. We will help. And they took on all these guests that had reservations at a different winery. I mean, it was just, I finished that conversation and sat at my desk and literally cried because it was just, I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it was so great. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, you know, you know, being part of Teamwork. our community is is a huge thing for us. Yeah. You know, as as you have to be when you're when you're a landowner and and someone who's who's trying to stake your claim here, where of course the average consumer has you know many many options, and we don't look at uh, our neighbors as you know quote unquote competitors. They're they're our friends. Yeah, really, they're our colleagues. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. share information. We share wines yeah. with them. We share strategy. And so we're always there to back each other up with whatever they need. Yeah, I mean, that was like, I mean, it was very much, oh, Beth, for sure. Don't worry about it. We got this. I thought, ah. Yep. If we, can, <laughs> if we can do something to help you, we will. <laughs> so does the Hallberg Vineyard extend across 116 to the other side of the road there? It does. So, yeah, as you drive down 116 or rather up it, uh, you're basically splitting the center of mm -hmm. Hallberg Ranch oh, in half. Okay. So we have yeah. vines on both sides yeah. there. So, yeah, if you were to stop there, kind of everything you can see is our vineyard. So back behind there is the cute little Sebastopol nine-hole golf course. <laughs> yep. You drive through our vineyard to get there yeah. Do you have well. a hammock there, Marcy? Is no. Well? I, Marcy, where's Marcy's hammock? That's like, where's Waldo? <laughs> no, we can start that. Marcy's hammock. That's a good idea. 
<laughs> we are full of good ideas. <laughs> Emphasis on full of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, so uh, what would be a, a day? You would go there, and then there's the pie shop nearby, and then... <laughs> What, Make your way a, out to the coast. Yeah, and then go to the coast. Yeah, I'd stop at Emeritus. Then you can drive down. You go in the Grayton. You could visit Bowman. You could go all the way out into Occidental mm-hmm. and then sluice around, come through Freestone and head out to Bodega Bay. Yeah. Yeah, there's all these, all these great little pockets that people don't yeah. always know about, and there's right. tons just, of great trails and and so places many you things. I mean, and right there, it is like the hot spot of Pino. You've got Mary Edwards and Emeritus, and mm-hmm. you've got Dutton Goldfield. You have Dutton Estate. You have everything is right there on this one thoroughfare. Yeah, it's a good little spot. It, and um, I think we were talking to Randy at, from Harvest Moon and talking about how complicated it can be to get around the Russian River. It is a big area, so you really do need to pick one area. And just focus on that. And you did mention a, a, several great wineries right there. That is a day. That fills your day. Absolutely. I think sometimes people want to bite off more than they can chew. Yeah, and they go, oh, we're going to hit seven, eight wineries yeah, today. And, it's, and especially the way that the experiences have, have evolved. evolved yeah. It's, you know, there's very few cases where you Time. just walk up to a bar yeah. and try three or four wines and, and thank you very much. See you later. It's there are a lot more sit down immersive yeah. experiences, and so you can right. easily spend ninety minutes at just oh, yeah. one stop easily. Yeah, and the proximity, everything I mentioned is like yeah, right those there. are close. Yeah, and then you do have you could go to Pascaline, you can go to yes. lunch, you go to Mom's, you can get some pie. Yeah, it's it's just a really really amazing place where where we are, and I feel really fortunate. I. I kind of joke with people that I haven't gone very far because I was actually born in a house on Bodega Avenue, oh just a, just a few miles from here You're and just Sebastopol- a few miles from the wine. <laughs> yeah, through and through. So, yeah. Well, Sebastopol is just a special place. It really because is. It, it... Yeah, absolutely. I think I think uh, Bryce Jones and Kirk Locke, uh, you know, two of our founding partners, really, really had the right vision when they decided to purchase that property and develop it. I think they yeah. really were ahead of their time in, in knowing what they were looking at. So Bryce Jones, Jones, that's the next person I got to get on this podcast. Ah, so he's not necessarily involved in the day to day operations no, 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 of the winery anymore. No, no, but he's just so got so many things going. Oh God! I mean, yes. I, my only you need, a, you to, need a three or four. Hour my only long connection podcast. to him is like he emailed me one day. I've never even met him. Like I've got this barrel idea for you, and I thought, oh my God, here we go. But like he's amazing and dynamic. He sucked me right in. I did it. <laughs> yep, spent a, a whole lifetime in the industry. So, so I think he sure. owes me now to be on the podcast. <laughs> That'll be next. That'll be next. So you just gave me like this, you teed me up with this perfect little segue into the one new thing that's on the Wine Road website, and it's a a Wine Road ambassador. And we've just launched this, and it's for people who work within the wine community to learn more about the Wine Road and and what we do. And and then it's also for visitors who might be coming here for um, some wine tasting. So you can click on Wine Road Ambassador at wineroad.com. And there's a little study guide that tells you, you know, the talks about the three AVAs that we represent. It talks about sustainability from the wine growers. We have someone from tourism. So there's a nice little study guide. There's a cute little video. I think there's 12 people or so that are recorded on this video. Marcy's one oh, of them. Good God. She's That's the, the reason to do it right there. The video <laughs> is so great. And then, uh, then you can take this little online quiz. It's multiple choice. You can't fail. I mean, you cannot fail. <laughs> so you take the little test and learn all about us and what we're doing up here. And then you get this really, really awesome Wine Road Ambassador pin that you're going to want to wear with pride everywhere you go. 
So uh, check that out. That's new. I'm super excited about it because uh, a lot of people do come and they don't really know what the wine road is. And there's a lot of people that work within this community and don't know what the wine road is and, and who we represent and what our events are and how we can help you as a great resource planning your trip or... I love that it's a program that's available to anybody. Yeah, I mean, we just want people to know, you know, what we have going. So, okay, I think that's really all I have to talk about. Do you have anything else new we need to mention? This is like a golden opportunity. I just want to say how much this has changed in the glass since we started. This is like a really great temperature right now. Yeah, I like it. You really get lots of flavor. And I really encourage everybody to have that experience, not just with our wines, but with kind of all the wines you drink, is try them at a range of temperatures. It's Right. As both of you no doubt know, and any winemaker will tell you, it's so critical to the aromatic compounds that yeah. come out, the structure of the body. Your entire experience is dependent on the flavor. It really is and different. And temperature. I'm, I've, you know, just iced down some white wines to the point that I think, oh, that's delicious. And then later I forget about it. It's room temperature. I think, oh, no, actually, this is delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a whole other ball, ball of wax. It's amazing. That's great. Okay. Any uh, parting words of advice here, Marcy? Are you done? I don't think so. But how do people reach Emeritus? Is the website the best way to contact? The website's a great way. Yeah, you can make a reservation through the website. And of course, you can call us. We always we are always standing by, ready to, uh, ready to address you. I like I that. that. That's right. We are ready. <laughs> yes. So yeah, you can call us up and uh, we're our tasting room's open seven days a week. So you can... That is great also. That's it amazing. Is. Yeah, that's not... That's uh, hard at this point to find places for people can go seven days a week. That's that, good. That is a real, that's a big, that's a big deal to be open because so many places aren't open seven days. You've already made points. You're open seven days a week and you'll answer the points. phone. We'll answer the phone. <laughs> yeah. What more do you need? I mean, I what had a, a winemaker before who said, well, why don't they just call? I'm like, that's great. Doesn't always work. All righty. Well, we will put the Emeritus Vineyard website in the show notes. We'll put the phone number too. Yeah. And um, people, you got to come and experience this because it is really the Russian River large, in my opinion. It is it's, it is the locus of what's happening. Well, thank you. you what need a compliment. To, you need to really check it out. Nice. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you for being our thank guest. you for having me so much. <laughs>